Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another serving of Business Soup Talk Radio. If it's in business, it's Business Soup. I'm your host, John Dibavoise. When you need someone to develop commercial software applications that can meet, match, and succeed with your business and revenue goals, well, Frank Zingini joins us from Applied Visions to talk about how we can create the golden application that is the subscription to your business, your product, right here on Business Soup, where business comes for business. Frank, Welcome to this serving of Business Soup. John, it's great to be here. You created a company known as Applied Visions. And as a small business owner and as a cattleman, we use technology, although it doesn't look like it when I'm out on my horses. (laughs) We're using RFIDs to identify each one of our employees, and they're called ear tags. As to working within the small business realm, if I came into your office and said, help me, In my small business, what kind of help would I be looking for? Well, that's a pretty broad question, John, because there's a lot of ways that digital technology can help small businesses. All right, then let me re-identify. Let's say that I'm a restaurant owner and I have multiple restaurant facilities, maybe franchises, maybe not. I want to have the ability to communicate between each one of my stores and not lose all my hair trying to keep in touch with and understand what's going on in each one of my stores. Well, sure. Really what you're talking about is what is the digital backbone of a business in today's world? And that applies to the smallest business, to the biggest business. If you don't have a digital backbone or a nervous system to your business, you're not going to be able to do that kind of communication. You're not going to be able to keep track of things, whether it's employees with ear tags stapled on or wait staff in your restaurant, or you're trying to communicate with your suppliers bringing in provisions. It's all got to be done digitally now because the world moves too fast for doing things the old way with clipboards and multiple copies of uh, purchase orders tacked up on your board and schedules written in chalk. You don't have time for that anymore and you don't have the bandwidth to manage that anymore. You really need to do anything like that. And whether it's a restaurant or really any other business, you've got to look at how you can manage your your resources, your people, and your information in a digital fashion. And that extends from your website that faces your customers to your mobile app that lets them carry your business around in their pocket. And in the case of your own business, to your steer out in the field with ear tags on that lets you keep track of them. There's always a way to tie everything together with digital technology. And if you do that, you'll find your efficiency goes up and the quality of your relationship with your customers will go up. Well, let's get a little more specific. Your answer was about as general as my question. (laughs) Well, it was a big question. (laughs) So in the case of going back to restaurants, because they truly are significant in the world of small business and they are going through a lot of pain right now. That's a really good point. So one of the things in a restaurant, so many other businesses, is that you have that point of sale machine, which is where the Mm -hmm. transaction is created. And then it goes through a multitude of applications or part of the spreadsheet to end up in the back room on the balance sheet. Where do you fit into that food chain, literally? Well, the the core of the chain that you're describing is generally available through some off-the-shelf point-of-sale or restaurant management system, and that's really good. But they don't all talk to themselves. You have one and then the other, and then you got to merge them together. And that, exactly. that, that part of that duplication of effort drives me nuts. 
Exactly. And that's the point, because these things are geared towards getting the order from the front of the house into the kitchen and maybe into your accounting system. But they don't tie in your customers. They don't let your customers order ahead over the Internet, which many, many successful chains are now allowing people to do. They don't let your customers order from a a mobile device. They don't let your customers see your menu on the mobile device. You need to have that full round trip tied together so that your customers are an integral part of your business. And now even more than ever because of what's happening in the world, restaurants need a different way to interact with those customers because they can't just walk into the place and place an order. Unfortunately, restaurants have all gone to takeout. And what we're finding is a pretty good slice of restaurants are realizing the value of turning their kitchens into a more regular producer of meals on a subscription service to their customers. And we actually have an application that we've built that lets them do that, where you can project a menu to customers and they can schedule a repeated progression of orders and and get deliveries of those meals on a regular basis. Well, now this process has been going on. I think the pizza industry was the first one to really bring that into play, to be able to order a pizza and have it delivered. This goes back decades. And I think most restaurants that do a customized cook to order They've known about this, some of them implemented, but now it has been a not only a rush to discovery, but a rush to survive in that businesses have been shut down. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of businesses that are trying to put their menus up online into a smart device. Some of them do a good job. Most of them don't. And it's not up to date. So. What you're talking about is being able to empower that audience, that that restaurateur, to give real-time menus, you know, fish changes on a daily basis. So if I'm that restaurateur, how do I implement that on a day-to-day basis and not have to be the suffering with the technology of having to manage the technology to manage my office? And that comes from having a back office platform, what we call our kitchen management system, that lets you do that, that lets you post your menus, lets you post whatever goes into all of those menu choices so that it can drive your provisioning lists and your shopping. And there's a key difference between what you were saying about the pizzerias, because yes, restaurants for years now have been responding to one-at-a-time orders. And with the advent of Uber Eats and DoorDash, now those one-at-a-time orders can get automatically delivered to customers. But the difference there is those orders are ad hoc. You have to wait till they come in. You don't know they're going to come in until it arrives. With a meal delivery service, you can actually structure a schedule of orders with your customers on a regular basis. So I might order three meals a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for delivery to my home. And I will give you my orders months in advance on a regular basis. Now I basically subscribed to your restaurant as a regular customer. And now that gives you predictability and the ability to project out cash flow over a period of time. It's really turning a ad hoc service restaurant into a scheduled meal delivery service. Well, that could apply to any business. We are talking about restaurants, but that could be to the fresh fruits and vegetable delivery to any business. And in fact, the I don't want to say the holy grail, but the goal of many businesses in today's environment, especially with the advent of digital technology, is to convert customers into subscription customers. People who have agreed with you ahead of time for a series of deliveries of your product or service so you have predictability of your business and predictability of your cash flow. So yes, it could apply to any sort of a delivery type business that's providing provisions. It could uh, apply to a service-based business where you can construct a schedule of uh, service appointments. The ability to develop a schedule of 
service or products into the future and structure it as a subscription is a real breakthrough for many businesses. In your company, Applied Visions, you talk about building these services in the cloud, and you also talk about mobile apps and something that is known as omni-channel applications. That caught my exactly. attention because I'm just now realizing the value of cloud applications and certainly known about mobile apps, but what does omni-channel applications mean and how does that apply to my business? Yeah, it's a bit of a buzzword, but it's a simple concept. And that says that in today's world, your customers have come to expect to be able to do business with you through any of a number of different communications channels. In the past, it was either come into the store or call me on the phone. Now I can go to your website, I should have your mobile app on my phone. Maybe I've got your app on my tablet as well. And maybe there's even some intelligent devices in the chain that help maintain my relationship with you. My smart thermostat helps me maintain my relationship with Nest so I can manage my household. Your steer are maintaining a relationship with your business because they're wearing a smart tag. Omnichannel simply means that your customers can work with your business, can do business with you through any of the available communications channels that they've come to expect from all of the other businesses they interact with in their lives. I'm trying to figure out just what you said. <laughs> Sorry, that was a mouthful. Wasn't it? <laughs> well, you got to remember, I'm the cowboy in the group here. So as I understand what you just said is that it gives me the ability to seamlessly communicate with my customer literally in real time with their wants, needs, and desires. And even more important, they can communicate with you and they can take care of themselves. I'll give you a very simple example that almost everybody's experienced, and that's Amazon, sort of the gold standard of this sort of thing. I can initiate a purchase on my phone while I'm on a train someplace or wherever, do some shopping, put some things in my cart, get home, pick that up on my website. All of my shopping is right there. It remembers everything I've looked at. I can continue that and then I can send that in and then I can call them up and they have all that information. There's no boundaries between all of these different avenues of communication. That's all that omnichannel really means, that your customers can reach you however they like and they can buy from you however they like. And most importantly, they can take care of themselves as much as possible. So they don't need to bother you to answer questions or to find out the status of their accounts. The information is there at their fingertips. You don't want to have to make them call you up to get a simple question answered and do all that extra work to take away their sense of you being a good business partner. So by having the applications, for lack of better description, applied visions and what you do from the mobile, web, and everything down to security, I can have that all for my business in one application and just have a, sounds like a selection of menus that I can say, well, I want to check on my business and see how it's doing from the back of my horse. I can find exactly. out what, what I want from my business, but then... If my steers had thumbs and they were able to communicate with me, <laughs> they would be able to check in with me, find out, well, where is this yokel or where is this well, cowboy? They, yes, they could text you and say that they're hungry, but what they can do, and, <laughs> and, and I know you mentioned you've got RFIT tags so you can keep track of where they are, but there's even more intelligent tags that you can put into agriculture that will tell you back their body temperature, for example. So maybe you can detect if you've got somebody out there who's not feeling well. We put them into the soil of farms to check moisture. It's all about understanding. This is really what we do. We partner up with a business customer. We learn their business. We learn their customers, how their customers think, how their customers want to buy, how they want to work with those businesses. And then we rebuild 
their infrastructure all around digital technology, taking advantage of everything that's out there for us now. You mentioned the cloud that lets you create an awful lot of capability and an awful lot of support for your customers without having to invest in computers and hardware and servers and all the stuff that made this difficult in the past. It means making sure that you have a nice mobile app that puts you right in their pocket so they have access to you whenever they want it. If your steer had pockets, then you could just give them cell phones. Oh, I, I don't think I could live with that. But <laughs> I, I think an excellent example of what I came to understand as a cloud application are the phone services. It used to be in the old days, I'd have a very expensive multi-button phone on each desk of my employees mm-hmm. and a wall of technology of wires and things that never seemed to work completely. But now I have a toll-free number, mailboxes, answering service, and everything that I need for a simple monthly service fee. And it took me 10 minutes to set up, and now it's just like having that wall of phone services even better at my ability because of the web and cloud applications that are out on exactly the the incredible power of the computing capability of the cloud is what's allowing these companies to give you that seamless voice over ip service and that's an example of a pretty large business providing a very complex product but that same infrastructure will help a small business change the way that they work with their customers and in fact will help them appear to be quite a bit bigger to their customers, which is a big plus for any small business to be able to project a national or a global presence, even if you're just a small business in one little area, can be a very powerful thing. When I first learned of the Internet of Things, I was at the Consumer Electronics Show and I walked into what they called a smart house and I'd never heard of it before. And it took me more than 90 seconds to understand what was going on, but I didn't appreciate the value of my being able to talk to my thermostat or my sprinklers or such to understand what the Internet of Things is all about. We now know what it is. Where do you see it going in the future, say in the next three years, if that's too far out? It's, it's never too far out. It's an amazing opportunity for any business that produces a product of some nature that could benefit from getting data back from that product. So a thermostat's a great example. It allows a consumer to manage their own household, and there's a lot of benefit that consumers can derive from that. Your tagged steer allows you to manage your ranch in a much more effective way than you would have years ago when you'd have to go out and count them yourself or however it is you would do that. But any business that puts a product in the field should stop and think, what would happen if I could actually talk to this product while it's out in the field? What could it do for me? So we have one industrial customer that has complex pumps out in very unusual places, like in the deserts of Arizona and things are very hard to get to. And these pumps need service from time to time. They need to be refilled with oil. Things need to be done to them. In the past, they had regular scheduled truck rolls out to those pumps, and they might go out there and say, oh, look at this. Everything's fine. We wasted our time. We didn't need to come out here for this. We built for them instrumentation that goes into these pumps. So they send data back to headquarters. They ask for more oil when they know that they need it. They indicate when they need service. So now this company is only rolling trucks out into the field when it's necessary. It's an enormous savings for them in terms of the resources of the truck rolls and the people driving the trucks. That's just one example of a business that realized there's an opportunity here to improve the way they work and improve their efficiency and reduce the amount of unnecessary work by putting a relatively small amount of technology into their products. 
and allowing those products now to take care of themselves. You are speaking my language, and that is you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to learn how to put a spoke in it and make it work better. Let it it turn faster or smoother. And and I discovered a long time ago when I put a spoke in a wheel in, in the area that I was involved with, I then learned, well, I need to have more spokes. Say, getting back to the restaurant, if there is a breakdown in my refrigeration unit, say the walk-in freezer, and it, it shuts down, I don't know about it until I walk in and find everything is thawed. And now I either have to throw it away or have a very quick barbecue. Mm-hmm. But if I had my thermostat in there, that it could have sent you a warning. It could have sent me a warning. Same thing with a water line break. There are now sensors that will, through the Internet of Things, will alert me, hey, the floor is wet. An important thing, I think, for businesses, especially small businesses to keep in mind, is many people look at the whole landscape of technology as being a very complicated thing and thinking that, well, I need to come up with some massive breakthrough in my business or something to make it worth investing in any kind of technology. But that's really not so. It's really about small but very targeted improvements to what you do. My example with that pump, the device that's being put in that pump, once they're into production, are costing like $6 each. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel, as you say. You have to look for a way to improve your business in some way by making a relatively small tweak to what you're doing. In this case, what if my product could call home and talk to me? Yes. And in the case, getting back to the restaurant, having the ability for that leak to be detected Mm -hmm. before it floods the restaurant, it's that ounce of prevention. Yep, exactly. And again, it's all about understanding, like, how can I improve my business if I have more data available to me? I'll give you a much smaller example that's a restaurant-based. We did this for a customer. There are, it turns out, ice makers have antibacterial components in them that involve a cartridge of material that runs out every now and then and has to be replaced. We did the same thing for them. We put intelligence into these devices so that these things could report back when they needed to be refilled so that restaurant owners, A, didn't have to worry about a regular schedule of checking, and B, if they did a regular schedule of checking, very often they would find themselves replacing a cartridge that's only half used up. But they're already in there, so I might as well put a new cartridge in there, and they waste a half a cartridge. So any place where you've got a consumable, if you can monitor the status of that consumable, you can greatly increase the efficiency of how you manage that consumable. Breaking that down into an even more notable one, every time my printer is getting low on ink or a toner, it's telling me in that same capacity, but it's not telling me remotely. It's just lighting up in front of me. So there's an example that people can relate to if they're not familiar with what we're talking about. And the lesson here is if there's something you encounter in your life like that, don't think or don't imagine that you can't have that same capability in your own product. It's very possible in today's technology, to achieve capabilities like that to improve your own product and your own business at relatively low cost. And boy, that couldn't have been a better setup for what I'm about to say. (laughs) And that is, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Take whatever you are doing right now and think about how can technology, and in the case of what we're talking about here with Frank Zangini, is How can I improve that which I'm doing right now and make that wheel turn better, smoother, faster by putting a spoke in the wheel? So here we have the ability through your company to develop one little spoke that might change the way in which I do business. And then you can create through your own business something that will revolutionize that area of the industry that you work within. It only takes one spoke. 
That's right. Continual improvement. Now, they're saying the next millionaire and billionaire market is going to be the result of the implementation that is incurring right now in 5G. How do you see 5G fitting into applied visions? Well, what 5G does is make the ability to bring data back into the field ubiquitous. One of the challenges with some of the applications I've described to you, like the pumps in the field or your steer with the RFID tags, is how do you get that data back? What signals are available to you? You can use Wi-Fi in some circumstances if you can have receivers close enough. Very often when you're really out in the field, your only choice is to use cellular data. The existing 4G networks are good, but not great. They're not quite fast enough to move a reasonable amount of data. They're not quite ubiquitous enough. The goal of 5G is to spread much higher speed internet access much further around the planet. So the notion of having some device out there in the world being able to get a signal and send its data back to you gets much, much more probable and therefore much more valuable to you. That's the real benefit of 5G. What I've discovered when I sat in on some meetings about 5G is that understanding what the G meant, generation 1G gave you the ability to have cell phones. 2G gave you the ability, as I understand it, to text. 3G gave us the ability to stream audio with buffered video. And 5G gives you, as you just described, the ability to have information, whether it be video, text, whatever it might be, instantaneously. And for my business, 5G is going to do for video, which 4G did for audio. At first, I didn't understand, well, what's the benefit of having the ability to download a full movie in a one and a half seconds? Well, it was explained to me that you cannot have an autonomous car going through an intersection buffering at 4G. No, no. So the 5G empowers the autonomous vehicles to be able to to navigate through the streets because of that instantaneous information. Exactly. It, it helps considerably. And the whole idea is to take the notion of lag out of the equation. It enables a huge number of, of new value propositions, new applications that don't have to suffer from slow data transmission. Now, the, the opportunities are just tremendous. And even you know small businesses can take advantage as well of that unfettered, ubiquitous connectivity to their customers. If we've got a good solid 5G network and you know that your customer using your mobile app can get to you without any obstacles, can get whatever data you want to send to them, whether it's videos or, or anything else, and it's going to be a a peppy, high-speed, satisfying experience for them on their phone doing business with you. They're going to do more business with you. For those of you who would like more information on Applied Visions, we have through our website at bizsoup.com a free white paper on the manager's guide to creating your customer-focused software and what that means. And it's a white paper brought to you by our friends here at Applied Visions. Frank, I could go on all day talking about this. I enjoy it very much. I could go on all day as well. I'm sure you can, and you can give vision to apply visions here on Business Soup. Frank Zingini, thank you for being a part of Business Soup. Thank you, sir. Thank you, John. This has been another serving of Business Soup, where business comes for business. I'm John Debevoise, inviting you to visit the website for more servings of what is best in business. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>